Hello, welcome back to another episode of Quick Spin, the Auto Week podcast that gets to the essence of the automobile. Today, we are talking about the 2023 Ford Mustang Mach-E. That's right, the battery electric Mustang crossover. You can take a look at this Mach-E on our Instagram page right now. That's at Auto Week USA. And hey, while you're out there cruising the super highway, why don't you head over to our Facebook page, click that like button, that we get all the great Auto Week content sent directly to you. We're going to spend a ton of time talking about this Mach-E in just one second, but first we've got to pay the bills. Experience road and track and car and driver's annual testings like an editor. Get the behind the scenes story from the editors themselves at Road and Track's Performance Car of the Year and Car and Driver's 10 Best in Lightning Lap. You'll talk shop with the editors, witness the testing firsthand, and get an up close and personal look at all the contender vehicles. Head to experiences.roadandtrek.com to learn more. And Emmett, you're here today to talk about the 2023, if I'm not mistaken, Ford Mustang Mach-E. Emmett, how's your day going? And tell me about this car. What the heck is it? You know, my day is going great. And the car, believe it or not, you know, is not a a two-door sports car. I I was waiting for that when it got dropped off, but it actually had four doors. Uh, and a, a big old uh, rear end, if you will. So, <laughs> And the rear end, of course, you're referring to is the cargo area because, as everybody now is keenly aware, the Mustang Mach-E is not... Te- I mean, there's a philosophical question about what is a Mustang, I guess. We're not going to get into that right now. But it is a crossover, a battery electric crossover, more precisely. So no Coyote or EcoBoost uh, Little 2.3. Uh, it is just battery electric power. And I believe you told me off air that you had the extended range all-wheel drive one, but not the GT. That is correct. I had about as close as you can get to to GT fun without going full GT, which, you know, means I had the 91 kilowatt hour battery, the, the, the big old one. The big battery. But Emmett, I believe you tell us all about that and more when you walk around the thing. So let's go to that right now. We are here with the 2023 Mustang Mach-E Premium All-Wheel Drive. And I have it in the Cyber Orange out here in New York City, which means that I look like a taxi driver. And people have tried to get into my car. But that's all right, because they would have a good ride if they did. And that's because we are here to talk about this Mustang or not Mustang, depending on you how you feel, Mach-E on quick spin today. So, me personally, I find the Mach-E to be a handsome beast. It's sleek, it has nice curves, the rear end does its best to pay homage to its namesake, the Mustang. And I even love the taillights that it comes with. I think that those classic Mustang taillights look nice, and on the rear end, the as you can hear the trunk popping, that sort of hatch slope is deceivingly large. You could fit uh, my whole self in there, 5'9". Um, I've made Costco runs in this, as always I do with the press cars, and it fit plenty of stuff for my two-person household. Stepping into the Mustang Mach-E, the first thing that I notice is how much space you have in here. It's a very spacious cabin uh, that's clearly made for families. So. I'm not that tall, but I'm not that short. And moving the seat to where I drive pushed back a little bit. I've had adults in the back that have said it's plenty spacious for even, you know, five, nine, six foot plus adults. That is because of the glass roof that 
is in this car. It adds a really nice greenhouse inside the car, though on these summer days it does get a little bit hot, even with the glass roof slightly tinted. That's all right though, the AC works well, and compared to other EVs I've driven, such as the Toyota BZ4X, it does not seem to drain the battery all that much. <sighs> Continuing on into here, um, one of the main facets of the Mustang Mach-E interior is the 15.5 inch uh, infotainment screen that displays, you know, Apple CarPlay, you have a sketch function, you have all these games you can play while you're parked if you have kids or if, you know, you're like me, a kid at heart, I like to play the parking spot game. Tire pressures, you can control all of the regenerative braking in and out of the screen. It's great. On the other hand, the 10.2 inch digital screen that shows all your instruments, I am not a big fan of. It's oriented as almost like a long iPhone. The steering wheel, almost no matter where you put it, blocks a little bit of it. I keep not knowing if I'm using the turn signals or not, even though I'm pushing it because I can't see them always, depending on how the wheel's turned. And these are small gripes, but it's something that I think Ford could have made slightly taller or slightly wider, I guess. It just, it's a little bit of a small screen for me. You don't need that much displayed on this EV because you're sort of just looking at speed and you have so much to be displayed up here in the center, but I don't love the way that instrument cluster works. The interior, let's talk about that briefly. The big tablet, did you get accustomed to that? I know some people kind of are possibly on the fence of that being useful, uh, the, the big tablet infotainment system that everybody's going to. Uh, how was that and how was interacting with it? You know, I have two trains of thought here about this. Um, and I think that sometimes real big tablets aren't the way to go. And I think that there's some ways that connectivity sort of hinders us as drivers. For example... I'm a big fan of some new BMW products, but I'm not a big fan of that connected dash piece that they use where it's one big horizontal screen because it's kind of busy and overwhelming. Um, and I'm more of someone who prefers one small screen sort of in the center to do everything. But with the Mach-E, I actually thought the fact that there's not too many options on this, frankly, massive screen really does make it feel like a premium product. You have a lot of space there. It's easy to navigate the screen. And also, you know, I joked about it, but there were a lot of features genuinely that if you do have kids, um, they would take advantage of. And it's sort of even more fun, I could imagine, uh, if you're a kid, to do it on the screen of a car and not on an iPhone or an iPad or something like that. No, for sure. And you'll definitely be charging this as you have to. Uh, at least I assume you have to at one point in time. The battery does not uh, create its own energy through magic. Do you have the Monroney handy? What's one of these set you back? Yeah, so this one in particular uh, is, surprise, surprise, a pretty EV penny. The total MSRP with destination and delivery included is $68,370. That's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash, but without the 91 kilowatt hour extra range battery, it would only be $57,605, sorry, $57,675. So that battery is a $8,600 option, as is the almost New York City taxi cab paint. <laughs> That's a $795 option that if you live in New York City, I would not go with. More importantly, you also drove the thing, so we can go to that right now. The first thing you notice when you drive the Mach-E is that it's really easy to drive. I'm not just saying that as, oh, you know, you turn it on, it's easy, but all the controls are light, they're smooth, the steering's very sharp, it's also very direct. It doesn't feel like you have very much play 
anything that feels like a very direct car. Especially when you're parking at low speeds in the city, this car is really nice to steer. The steering wheel just spins around, but as you pick up speed on the highway, they've done a good job of this of uh, weighting this rack and pinion. You know, taking corners at 60 miles an hour, you really just gotta turn it a little bit, and you get a nice weight feedback from the wheel. It's also because this is a single speed transmission, it's just direct drive. You sort of have, as we all know with EVs, that instant torque, as you may have been able to hear there, uh, when you want it. Uh, and this car, actually, also because of this direct drive and EV combination, has has on or off regenerative braking. And I personally think the regenerative braking in this car is a little bit too strong for metropolitan day-to-day -day use. I was a little bit worried about getting rear-ended, so I have turned it off. Not from a brake light perspective, the brake lights do turn on then, but more so from a... Uh, you know, unpredictability standpoint. I don't brake as hard as that in traffic. And I think that has become a little bit problematic when it comes to how this car feels to drive braking-wise. Sometimes it feels like you have a very abrupt push from regenerative braking to normal braking. However, even though this car is 5,000 pounds, it does stop rather quickly, and I do really appreciate that. I have used Blue Cruise while I've been have while I've been driving this car. Um, even on New York City's particularly challenging highways like the Belt Parkway and the BQE, and overall it's done a really good job. You know, it's stayed in the lane. It's gone about the speed limit or what I set it to. Uh, it's been well behaved and really surprised me because I've used other companies' solutions to the very difficult problem of having to drive your car actually. And the Blue Cruise was one of the best ones I've used so far. It only veered out of the way one time. Um, uh, when someone was doing a sort of close cut in front of me and I it told me to take control and I did so I uh, feel like it works really well and the fact that it even has some of these highways out in New York mapped out is really impressive to me all th considering that this is a uh, narrow challenging uh, poorly painted <laughs> place to drive if you're looking for a once-in-a-lifetime trip look no further than Hudson Quattrocento Roden Treks rally through upstate New York and Connecticut taking place October 17th through the 20th. It'll be four glorious days of peak fall foliage, curated group drives, luxury accommodations, and delicious local eats with exciting pit stops along the way. Learn more at experiences.rodentrek.com. Emmett, you mentioned Blue Cruise. Now, for those out of the loop, Blue Cruise is Ford's uh, semi-autonomous driver assistance suite. I believe it's the legal way to call it. It's your semi-autonomous driving feature. How was using that? Did you feel nervous? Did you do any hands-free driving? What, what, what was the situation over there? Yeah, so it actually offered up hands-free driving on quite a few of our, uh, our local highways here, which are abnormally narrow, two to three lane each way thoroughfares. And I did, each time I was offered it, I did engage it. And for, for clarity, the whole highway was often not available. It was certain sections of the highway that I guess Ford has mapped out as appropriate. And it was appropriate. It worked really well, particularly on some straight or lightly curvy parts of these highways. And it, sorry, it worked that way hands-free, I should mention. So I was impressed, frankly. I haven't, I've used Super Cruise before. This felt similarly as good. So dynamically. What did you think of the Mustang Mach-E non-GT, but big battery, premium, all-wheel drive? How did it feel, you know, just cruising around? Was it super firm? Was it light? Did it manage the potholes well? Did you throw it, uh, throw it around any corners? What, what was it like driving this thing? You know, I did hit plenty of potholes, uh, and I did throw it around some corners as well. 
Um, and as far as ride quality goes, it's pretty plush. Um, I really thought that out of some of all the press cars I've had in a long time, it was one of the more plush offerings. And I think that speaks to the fact that because it's so heavy, Ford's definitely uh, invested some money into making sure that the damping is adequate. Um, so hitting potholes was easy enough. But I will say on the flip side of that, the plushness didn't undermine some basic corner corner taking. Uh, I wouldn't say this is even uh, a particularly dynamic car in and of itself. It definitely rides a little bit higher um, than I believe the GT does, but it's totally fine for sort of spiritedly hitting an off-ramp. Um, and like I said, accelerating's not the most exciting, but it's quicker than a lot of sure. the things, things you're going to be accelerating past. So dynamically, this is a good option for somebody, I think, who wants to have a little bit of EV fun, um, but it really is still focusing on, you know, buying a car as a tool, not necessarily uh, as a performance item. Sure. That being said, Emmett, on a quick spin, we'll try to get to the essence of the automobile and this 2023 Ford Mustang Mach-E Premium E-A-W-D long range is no, well, E-R, extended range, excuse me, is no exception. So, Emmett, I ask, I beg, I plead, what is the raison d'etre of this Mustang Mach-E? What's its reason of being? Why does anyone buy this thing? What's going on here? You know, I think people buy this because it's up there for me as one of the cooler EVs. I think it's up there with the Ionic 5. Um, I think it's much cooler than Tesla's visually. Uh, and it's controversial, but if you, you know, if you remove the sort of nameplate controversy, uh, not only is it a good looking, interesting EV, but it's a competitive one as well. So I think that. It, it sort of encapsulates Ford's genuine commitment to doing good EVs, whether or not uh, devotees to the Mustang are upset by it or not. That is a nuanced and balanced response, and I do appreciate it. I have one final question, Emmett. When Ford does release a two-door sports coupe battery electric car named Mustang, do you think people will be even more upset? Oh, for sure, and I want to. I want to drive the car immediately. <laughs> it's, it's probably, it'll probably Reasonable. be. It'll probably be a great time. Hey, we, uh, we will only know when it happens. If it happens, let's say that much. That being said, Emmett, thank you so much for driving this thing. I know it was electrifying, and you had a good time. And listeners, I bet it was electrifying to listen to this. But if you could go to the Apple Podcast Store and Spotify and let everybody know by dropping a five star review, I would really appreciate it. And hey, while we're cruising the internet superhighway, why don't you head over to our Facebook page, click that like button, that we get all the great Auto Week content sent directly to you. And I know I say it's at the end of every episode, but I do mean it. Without your listenership. None of this could be possible. So thank you for listening.